This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, I wanted to talk about singledom and being single and why there might be some very positive reasons why you are single at this time in your life. And more than just, you know, staying single as long as possible, I really want to dive into this idea of not settling. So I don't know about for you, but certainly for me, society kind of constantly tells us, um, if you're not with someone, there's something wrong. Um, either there's something very deficient about you as a person. Um, there's something deficient about the fact that you can't attract someone, someone who stays in your life. Yet at the same time, I also see quite a few people who have gotten married. Um, some that have been my friends, but you know, a lot just like acquaintance friends. They have gotten married and they're not happy. Um, you know, there were things about the other person that they thought, well, you know, uh, things were just going to improve, you know, after we got married or after we got together, right? If they're, if they're in that relationship. And one of the things that I have found is that, you know, with, with working with people, obviously I have never been married yet. If you've listened to other of my podcast episodes, you will know this. Um, but whatever you tolerate when you're dating someone, it will multiply by 10 when you marry. And so marriage doesn't fix dysfunction. It reveals it. So one of the things that I have found to be very true, um, especially the last man that I dated, um, to this day, I still love and adore him. I think that he is an exceptional human being. Um, yet there were some things that just weren't quite right. And what I realized was he wasn't able to love me the way that like deep, 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 deep down, right? At my deepest core that I really needed. And, you know, part of that was, uh, you know, his own journey. Um, he had not healed a lot of his own wounds and trauma, uh, through childhood, through lots of past, uh, relationships, um, a previous marriage, those kinds of things. And one of the things that I have figured out, I am almost 40 and, um, I, you know, have dated a couple of men, a few men. Um, but what I have found is that anytime I, tolerate something, anytime I try to get someone to kind of fit into my life, it has always ended very badly for me. So a couple of years ago, um, you know, I've been friends with the the guy in Chicago is the one I'm talking about. Um, we've been friends for six years uh, before we actually got together. And in that one year, you know, if you've listened to some of the other podcast episodes, I talk a lot about him when it comes to his deeply avoidant attachment style. And he sounded very secure over the phone. Um, but quite a few things were revealed 
uh, after we started dating a little bit when we were actually together, but, um, we actually only got together twice in a year. Um, it was kind of about once every six months kind of thing for him. He was really okay with that. And even though I deeply loved him and I deeply wanted the life that we would talk about and the vision that he had and the vision that I had, I realized after about a year of dating that it was not going to improve because here's the thing you, and I made this mistake in the previous relationship to that. If you've listened to other episodes, that's the guy in Zambia. Um, he who shall not be named (laughs) ever. I'll never speak his name again. Um, I saw a lot of the red flags. I saw a lot of the things and in my brain, I thought, oh, oh, that's okay. Those are just some things for us to work on, right? Oh, no, 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 we can, we can work through that. But that guy had absolutely no desire to do any of that. And so I said, well, that's okay. Um, you know, we can work on this and um, things will get better when we're actually in person. It did not. It got even worse. And so that is one of the things that I would say to you is, you know, in this single time that I have had since the guy in Chicago, it's been, mm, it's been about a year and a half since we broke up, uh, two years since I've seen him. And I have not really found anyone yet that I'm really all that attracted to or someone you know, I might have been attracted to somebody, but then it was like, oh, wait a minute, you're kind of trying to fit them into your life, right? Some things don't really fit very well. And so for me, you know, I really had to, I really had to kind of look at my standards. I really had to look at how I showed up, not just in relationships. I certainly had to look at that, but I really had to look at how I was showing up for myself And when I really switched my mindset over to, you know, this idea that I am going to live the absolute best life I possibly can, that also means that I'm going to attract this really high quality person in the future. Now, I don't have any control over that, right? Um, I certainly am someone who believes in the divine and someone who, you know, uh, very spiritually minded and whatnot. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I think that that's something that's really, really important is to be okay with that kind of period of waiting, being okay with that kind of period of, I, I would say, working, not just working on yourself to work on yourself, but really, you know, yes, working on yourself, you know, doing your inner work, um, really healing a lot of your wounds and trauma. I think that that is, you know, incredibly important. Um, you know, understanding yourself, I think also understanding your standards for a relationship, what you're really looking for. Um, but I also think it comes really down to living the best life you can. So like I, I take myself on trips. Um, I buy myself nice things, um, including, you know, I, I'm a woman who, uh, very much enjoys, uh, you know, the way I dress. 
right? The state of my home, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, I bought myself a, a new car um, for my birthday last year. And, you know, like doing the things that matter, um, even building the business that I am with Create Love Freedom, you know, helping other women heal their wounds and their trauma. This all leads me to the place of living the best life I possibly can. It's also in the small mundane things, right? Uh, cultivating the life that I want. So, you know, for example, you know, um, I have a good morning routine because I have a good evening routine. So my evening routine, you know, if I feel kind of depleted from the day, I will, you know, take a hot bath, Epsom salts, um, essential oils, candles, very feminine, you know, like really um, bringing in those, those scents or those oils or those things that really kind of refill, revitalize, you know, all of that so that I can get a good night's sleep. I also drink quite a bit of water. I stretch. I also have this tea that I drink. I don't know if you guys ever struggle with sleep. I certainly do from time to time. Um, and so it's a yogi tea. I think it's called Soothing Caramel Bedtime. Anyway, it's got a little California poppy in it and mm, it really helps. It's also got African rooibos in it. And when I lived in Africa, um, you know, I was very much introduced to, you know, the rooibos tea. And so there's something, you know, very nice and very nostalgic about that for me. Um, I also take a little CBD, CBN tincture um, from Wolf 21, Mike Lover's company, I really like it. It helps me kind of fall asleep very naturally, but I stretch. Um, you know, I, I will sometimes meditate in the evening or I will listen to something. Um, but you know, stay off the phone, that kind of thing. Um, and my bedroom has very little in it other than, you know, my bed, my bedside tables, lots of plants. I have like five or six plants in my bedroom and, you know, um, a dresser, you know, chair, those kinds of things. I don't have a TV. I actually don't own a TV anywhere in my house. Like not even, I just don't have, you know, channels on the TV. I don't own one, not a single one. That's just a personal thing for me because I enjoy reading. I enjoy, um, you know, I will watch some stuff sometimes, but it's usually just on my phone. Um, I, I did really enjoy the Jack Ryan uh, series, uh, whatever on, um, on Amazon, or uh, I should say Prime Video. But anyway, not to get too far off track. And then, you know, I really work on the quality of sleep, you know, my bedding, all those kinds of things, all the way to, you know, how I wake up in the morning, and then that morning routine. So even the mundane things that I do, the meditating, the, um, you know, eating the full breakfast, very beautiful food, very colorful food, uh, lighting candles. Um, I read, I write in my journal. Um, I, you know, work out, I stretch, you know, I do all those kinds of things. Um, I, I have been, I downloaded Babbel. And so I've been learning, or I, I should say improving my French. So anyway, uh, that's been pretty interesting as well. And just little things that make my life amazing for me. And what I found, it's kind of like clothing, like you have to tailor things to you. So there was a time in my life, especially in college, I wore every color under the sun. And now I have much more of a neutral wardrobe. I like to 
model my clothing after kind of like a traditional French woman's clothing um, or closet, I should say. Um, very structured clothes, a little bit feminine though. Um, and I don't wear every color anymore, but it's kind of like armor for me. Like I kind of, you know, I like to suit up kind of idea. I like to wear things that make me feel incredibly good about myself. Um, the makeup that I wear is all clean makeup, right? Um, to really nourish and enrich my skin. I spend quite a, I would say quite a bit, um, of money on my skincare, you know, that kind of thing. So things that I like to do, but yet I also make sure that I've got plenty of savings and that I, like I said, can take myself on trips. I can buy the books I want. I can, you know, go out to dinner with my girlfriends or do things that really matter to me. Here in the future, I'd like to make a move. Um, I'm thinking, so if any of you guys have, um, any thoughts around this, let me know. But I'm really thinking about moving out towards um, Austin, Texas, maybe in the next couple of years. I need to change. Um, and it seems like a, you know, a good place, kind of a younger kind of place. So, you know, providing those things for myself really helps me enjoy my time in singlehood, right? As a single woman. Um, one of the most important things I think is that it really allows me to have time to focus on myself. Um, I can really prioritize my goals and my interests. Um, I also have that deep need to be there for other people. I still have this deep need to be in a relationship, to be married, to have children, Yet at the same time, I am using this time to build a business so that in the future, um, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, ideally in my own mind, life rarely works out this way, but let's just say the ideal is there, which is, you know, um, you know, I'm able to meet someone uh, that, you know, uh, is also living at the same, with the same standards. I wouldn't say just materially at the same standard. That's kind of important, but not the most important thing to me, but more so they have the kind of character and the kinds of, you know, standards in their own life that fit very well with mine. And ideally I could see myself, you know, with children and saying, um, okay, you know, uh, having a nanny that's with them for a little bit and telling them, you know, mommy's going to work for um, a, f- a few hours. And then the rest of the day is really focused on them. Um, at the same time right now, it's really wonderful that I can prioritize my goals. I don't know about any of you, but I, I had this conversation with my father probably a year ago now, maybe a little longer, but um, we you know, I was talking with him and I said, when did you really feel like you kind of hit your stride in life? And he goes, oh yeah, it really wasn't until my forties. And I said, oh, okay. All right. Because everyone kind of seems kind of like with this getting married young or finding your person, you know, uh, really young. And don't get me wrong. I am not trying to knock anybody who has done that. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's wonderful if you found your person in high school or college or, you know, your twenties or your thirties, um, that most likely is not going to be me. 
And so, you know, but I, I do think that there's something really special um, about this time. And I've kind of been in this kind of preparation. I feel very, I, I feel like I am not only just prioritizing myself right now, but I'm I'm really prioritizing my goals, my interests, um, and building something that could really be great for myself and hopefully my future family, uh, you know, in the future. So that is one of the things that I would say is, you know, you do have time to focus on yourself, to focus on your goals, to, you know, um, you know, do the financial stuff that maybe you need to do, right? Um, you know, however that kind of looks in your life. Uh, because what I found is the more that I looked for the really positive things for this time frame that I am living in, even if I still deeply want to be married or be in a relationship or, um, you know, have a family, have children, those kinds of things, nothing has ever been worse for me than when I have tried to settle. When I have been in the wrong relationship where I'm like, damn, this just doesn't feel quite right. I was so lonely. And don't get me wrong, there are days, um, especially depending on where I'm in in my menstruation cycle, um, there are days when I feel fairly lonely and I feel a little sad and I got to cry a little bit. And then, you know, I kind of move through those emotions. And I think that it's really important, you know, to, to see that this is also a time of preparation. Um, I heard, uh, you know, someone talk a lot about the fact that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not deficient. You're not, you know, you, you don't have to keep, you know, working on yourself. There's nothing wrong with who you are right now in this space of singleness. And yes, I know that there are some people, um, who, you know, will tell even men, you know, oh, hey, uh, you know, gosh, you know, you're approaching 40, you know, those kinds of things, you're not married, whatever. Um, but if they are building the things that they need in their life, right? Um, maybe it's the career, I, I would switch that over to vocation. I'm really interested in someone who doesn't just have a career, but like they love their work, and it is a vocation to them. And, you know, I think that it's really important to to utilize that time, but also to realize that you're not deficient. There's nothing wrong with you, even though many people will try to tell you they there is. But there is nothing wrong with you being single. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, uh, going through this time in your life and, and also doing your absolute best to um, really prioritize yourself. Um, I know for myself, another reason why, you know, it's, it's great being single because I don't like dating isn't a priority to me. Um, I'm, I have a rare personality type. I'm an INFJ, uh, type four on the Enneagram. Um, I don't find dating interesting. Now, Will I go out on dates with people? Absolutely. But the the people that I have actually dated in the past, 
I have been friends with first. So for me in particular, I don't, I just don't enjoy the dating process. Um, I also don't enjoy um, online dating. I think it's ridiculous. I was listening to something that, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Chris Williamson was talking about on his podcast. And that was that, you know, um, even though with dating apps and whatnot, we can encounter more people. And again, I am not trying to discount anybody who has found the love of their life on a dating app. I'm just saying most of us have to sort through people who are, who don't have our best interests at heart, who don't really care about us. Um, they're either looking for that quick kind of hit when it comes to, um, you know, uh, meeting someone new or, you know, um, you know, kind of one night stand sex, whatever it is. And for me, that's just not really my thing. So I am also a very big believer. This is just me. I'm not trying to put down anybody who is on a dating app. But for me, my belief system very much is I am a high value woman, high quality. I have my standards. Um, I have worked very hard to become the person that I am today. Um, I've also had to give up a lot of the hard work and really just kind of flow and, um, you know, allow things to happen. But I've, I've worked a lot on my self healing and whatnot. And so for me, um, I think that it's just, you know, I, I do not think that I'm going to find high value men on dating apps. Now, granted, some of you are going to absolutely say, and and rightly so, hey, I'm a high value man, or I'm a high value woman, and I'm on dating apps. And that's perfectly fine. I just have this, maybe it's too romanticized, I don't know. But I, I have this very deep belief that the person I'm going to end up marrying, and that is truly going to be my soulmate, um, they are not going to be on a dating app and that's not where I'm going to meet them. Um, I think it's also important to, you know, kind of piggybacking on, um, you know, the, uh, you have time to focus on yourself. I think it's also important to love this season that you're in because being single really allows you to explore. Um, being single, in my opinion, gives me a lot of freedom. It gives me, it gives me the ability to pursue the things that are of interest to me. Now, when, I should say, not just if, but when, you know, that right person kind of comes along, my person, my freedom isn't going to be, like, I'm not going to be caged. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to choose someone who also wants to run wild next to me. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, there's just a lot of freedom. Um, and it's more than just, oh, I can spend my money the way I want to. I can live how I want to. You know, I can book a last minute trip. You know, um, I, I think that Again, it's, it's a time of preparation and it's a time to really enjoy the freedom. Um, 
And, and I think that those are really important things, the freedom and the exploration, right? Um, the freedom and the exploration really allow me to build the kind of life that I want that's going to attract the right kind of person um, who also enjoys that kind of lifestyle. Um, but I think that it also allows me to have a lot of varied experiences. Um, because even though I very much enjoy being in a relationship, um, actually, I will say, I, so with the guy in Chicago, I loved being his girlfriend. I really did except for, you know, some of the stuff that, that we were working through or when he would push me away or, you know, when it would be six months before we got together again, you know, like that was really difficult. He wanted the relationship over the phone uh, and not in person, but I still loved like being there for him. I still loved giving and receiving, but I, I really, I enjoyed that, that depth of connection. But here's the thing for me is that I know now, because it's taken me a long time to kind of work through a lot of my my stuff. Um, I really learned that I really learned that the person that I'm looking for, they're going to feel like home. They are going to, you know, I, I'm not going to have to give up anything necessarily. I mean, I may have to move or I may have to, you know, uh, give up a home or something like that. But I mean, when it comes to emotionally, psychologically, uh, spiritually, I'm not going to have to give anything up. And for me, I cannot settle. I have settled before. Um, particularly in one relationship and it really opened my eyes, which was why I was able to step away from the guy in Chicago was because I realized that I was settling for something that didn't quite work. And what I know is that not only am I capable of giving exceptional love, I will settle for nothing less. And when that's the standard now, here's the thing about your standards. Many people will tell you that your standards are too high. And yes, your standards will be too high for most men or most women. Okay. Now, the other thing is, if you lower your standards, you won't be happy anyway. You're not going to be happy in that relationship. Your masculinity is going to be diluted. Your femininity is going to be diluted, right? Your feminine energy, essence, whatnot. Um, so my real big thing is people are going to tell me all the time. Uh, and, you know, it is, that's, that's how they view the world, that my standards are too high. But my standards are mine and they're mine for a reason. And the real truth is, is that somebody else out there is going to, they're going to have a very similar standard and they're going to be incredibly grateful that I waited for them. And I will say, um, you know, it is challenging and difficult, not only as, you know, kind of in that role of seeing myself and certainly uh, knowing that I'm a high value woman, but 
the more intellectual and more successful, not just financially, but in a lot of ways, um, but certainly also financially, uh, that a woman is, the smaller the pool of men that she has to choose from. Because, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about it as um, in animals, it's the um, male dominance hierarchy, right? But in humans, it's the male competence hierarchy. So here's the thing about men and women. Women date across the competence hierarchy. So someone who is equal to them or up. Men date across the competence hierarchy. So a woman who is equal to them or down. So my thing is, why would I date down? Why would I marry down? I need to be marrying up. I also am looking for someone who isn't thinking, well, oh, that's okay. I'll just settle with Allison, right? I want someone who's like, I have been looking for you for my entire life. I haven't found the right person because it was always you. And so for me, I want to be seen as an equal. I want to be seen as someone who not only matters to somebody else, but also someone who, yeah, is really an equal in the relationship. And so, you know, in order to get to that place, I really had to work on a couple of things. And again, these are some good reasons to stay single until you've really kind of worked through this. And one is that, you know, you cannot truly love someone else until you learn how to love yourself. So working on your sense of self-worth, your sense of self-love, um, deciding or you know, realizing some of the patterns that you have, oh gosh, I date people and then, uh, you know, I give up pretty much everything. I don't work out anymore. I'm always doing what they want. It's always on their time frame. Uh, you know, these things are revealed, particularly as we look at our self-worth, our self-value. And when we learn how to love ourselves, because it's this is why singleness, being a little bit selfish, I think is a very good thing when you are in that single stage. Because when you are in, at least in my mind, when you are in a couple phase, right? You're with someone there are times when you also need to not be selfish, right? But you've got to be able to take care of you first, not just financially, although if that is something you're struggling with, definitely work on that. Um, get to a place where, you know, you can fully support yourself. At the same time, though, I think it's really important to take a look at how you show up for yourself. Um, because even still in the relationship with another person, you still need to be taking good care of you. They still need to be taking good care of themselves. You both need to be going out and doing the things that make you happy, that make you fulfilled, that give you purpose in life. And then bringing that back, you know, to the relationship. And then I think another thing too is that although I believe, I believe happiness is very fleeting, 
but I believe that a lot of people go into relationships thinking that someone else is going to make them happy. I also think that a lot of people rush into relationships after they've left a previous one because they don't want to face themselves. They don't want to face the wounds, the trauma. Um, They don't want to really look at things and say, good Lord, why was I with this person? Or, you know, what kinds of things happened there? What do I need to be working on? You know, how do I need to grow? I just got out of this thing, especially if it's a toxic relationship, right? Either a lot of anxiety or a lot of avoidance was created in the relationship. And so I think it's vital that we take a look at that and we say, oh, okay, yeah, there's some things I need to work on. There are some things about me that I need to heal. And I think that this is, you know, I, I think that this is really important. Um, I, I think that it's also really important to look at those previous relationships. Staying single, until you have a chance to really look at your past relationships, look at your childhood wounds and trauma. And I think another really important thing too about being single is, particularly if you've had very toxic relationships in the past, you need to be looking at that kind of trauma bonding pattern and all the drama that comes with it. I live my life now as best as I can in kind of this mental state of OPD. I call it other people's drama. My life is very drama free. Like it's probably boring to most people. Um, Yet I really enjoy it because it's very calm and it's very good on my nervous system. And I think that staying single until you can really give yourself space for reflection on the complexity of trauma bonding or toxic relationships in the past, I think is incredibly important. I also would say it's really important to stay single until you really understand your nervous system and do a lot of nervous system healing. So looking at things like polyvagal theory, looking at things and saying, okay, you know, when I am in these relationships, you know, are there patterns that I can really find that I can really see? And some of those patterns, I think, are our different nervous system states. So I talk about the green, the yellow, then the red. The green is the ventral vagal system, right? This is deep intimacy, connection, flow, engagement with someone else right? Um, It is the calm. It is the green space. It's verdant. It's lush. It's beautiful. It's like Hawaii, right? Um, Very beautiful. Very, you know, not not just calm in terms of lazy, but just everything kind of flows. Um, and then also looking at those kinds of relationships where we're more in the yellow, the sympathetic system, and more in the, um, the red, the dorsal vagal system. So in the yellow, this is confrontation. Now, confrontation, arguing, that's very different than conflict. Conflict is a really good thing in relationships. It's actually been proven that healthy couples fight just as often as unhealthy couples. The difference is in how they fight. 
right? How they are you. And again, getting away from, well, you did this, right? To the, it hurt my feelings when, you know, um, or I felt this way, right? So it's taking away some of the attack, right? So the confrontation is part of that kind of yellow space. Also people pleasing. Uh, turns out that is a fawn trauma response. Um, moving as well into the red, right? The freezing, the withdrawing, the stonewalling. Um, the, uh, one of the things that doctors John and Julie Gottman talk a lot about is particularly with husbands, but when they do this thing and they do not allow their partner to influence them at all, well, you're in a shutdown space, right? So for me, it's really noticing where I am a majority of the time in the relationship. Oh, geez. Yeah, I got tossed into the yellow or the red a lot in that last relationship. Well, take a look at that. Be around people who also make you not just feel good. They don't just make you happy. But I think that, you know, the more that you are aware of these kinds of things, um, the better relationships you're actually going to be able to get into in the future. I think that being single is an excellent time and space for doing a lot of self-reflection. Even when we have that need to just be like, no, I just want to jump into that next relationship. I want someone else to take away this pain. I want someone else to relieve my anxiety, make me feel good, right? Men and women will both do this. It makes me feel good when a man's like, oh yeah, that dude may have dumped you or you may have left that relationship, but guess what? You're hot as sin. You know what I mean? And I was going to use the F word, but I'm trying hard not to use the F word quite as much. Not that I use it much on the podcast, but just in life in general. I just feel like it's time for a change. So same thing with, with men. Men will often get into a relationship too soon too quickly, especially if those previous relationships have been fairly toxic, because it also makes them feel good. See, someone wants me, someone loves me, someone can stand to be around me, right? Um, yet at the same time, I think that that also sets up the person we just got into the relationship with when it comes to like sets them up for failure. Um, but I think that it also can drain off and siphon off not just our happiness, right? But our joy. For me, it's much more important to pursue joy. The things that I do in my life that make me in this state of, again, kind of the green, right? When we're talking about um, the, you know, when we're talking about uh, the nervous system. Um, but I think when we think about happiness, singleness is spending time figuring out what you, what you want your life to look like. And, and for me, a real big departure was it's not just what I want my life to look like when the right person comes along. It's also knowing that I'm going to be perfectly okay, even if I never find that person. It's hard because that's not what I want. At the same time, though, if I'm building my life from that space, I'm building from a place of abundance, not a place of deficit. And again, abundance mindset, I think, is 
vitally important. Um, I think another thing to consider too is that, you know, especially if you've um, come out of toxic relationships, you know, those kinds of things, and you're doing this time of self-examining during your singleness, I think it's really important to look at whether or not that there are some reasons in your own mind, some old stories, some old wounds, some old patterns that you need to heal because there are unhealthy reasons why you want to be in a relationship. Um, I mean, you know, if we're looking at more of the more of the things that I would consider someone who is a lot younger, um, maybe that's unfair. But in my mind, I think of, you know, the 20 somethings as being those times where several of my girlfriends would get back or get into another relationship to make somebody else jealous, right? But even more so, I think that looking at looking at your childhood, looking at your attachment style, looking at your attachment wounding. Um, I know for myself, being a person who was formerly anxiously attached, I wanted to be in relationships because it seemed to soothe a lot of things, particularly if I was in a relationship with someone who was securely attached. But I still have all those wounds and that trauma. And that's actually why, even though um, my first two relationships, one in college, one when I was a Peace Corps volunteer um, in my 20s, they felt better, but I was with different men and these two men were both securely attached. And they would both tell me like, it's okay. Like you don't have to, like, you don't have to be real clingy. You don't have to be constantly terrified that something is going to happen in this relationship. Like if I'm feeling different or if we need to go our separate ways, like we'll have a conversation around it. Um, I'm not just going to leave you. I'm just not just going to, you know, end things, whatever. And, and I found that to be helpful, but it actually took a very traumatic relationship with the guy in Zambia. Uh, he was uh, dismissive uh, or excuse me. Um, he had a fearful avoidant attachment or disorganized attachment. And he treated me like trash. And I couldn't, I was like, why, why would I allow this? I had to get to the part where I understood that I allowed it to happen. Well, because those two previous relationships, although they were great, I never actually healed the reason, the unhealthy reasons why I wanted to be in a relationship. Um, I very much believe that until you do this repatterning, until you do this healing, you're always going to be in a place where you pursue love from a deficit. And you'll never be able to attract, manifest um, the partnership that's actually right for you. So for me, I really had to get to the point where I was like, okay, this can't ever happen again. Even if I'm single the rest of my life, I cannot settle for that. And that was the guy in Zambia. 
Uh, just as a little side note, in case you're, you keep kind of thinking, oh my gosh, you went all the way to Zambia in Africa for a man. Uh, yes, I did. Um, but that was also where I was a Peace Corps volunteer uh, in Zambia. And so um, I had actually lived there for almost three years before that um, and met someone online. Uh, he, he seemed like a really great person. He was not. And um I learned a very, 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 very difficult lesson. Uh, Now, you know, six years on the other side of that, I'm very glad that it happened. um, Because it's kind of like pulling a bow and arrow back, right? The arrow can't shoot forward and hit its target, you know, going towards the life that you want, unless it's pulled back a little bit. And so it really helped me reveal a lot of these wounds, this trauma, stuff from my childhood, stuff from previous relationships. And I really had to do a lot of self-examining, which is really so many of the things that talk about on the podcast, right? This is part of like what I have done as part of my, my healing journey. And, um, it's, it's been tough. It's also been, you know, uh, really interesting to, to go down, um, you know, that space and to really, to really look at things, to really change. Um, because I know now that I'll never settle for that again. I'll never go back to that. Um, I think another thing as well, when it comes to why, you know, using this time of singleness is so important. I think it's also really important to fix your internal dialogue. Um, that's a term that my mentor, he's a retired Navy SEAL. Um, he, uh, Tom Shea, if you are interested in his podcast, he has an excellent, he does tons of excellent work. Um, but, uh, your internal dialogue is what you say to yourself about yourself. You are always going to be held back by, you know, those negative things that you say about yourself. You're always you're and you're only going to be propelled forward by the way that you speak to yourself. So for me personally, I had to do a lot of work in that space. I really had to do a lot of work on how I thought about myself, how I viewed myself. Um after I came back from my trip in Zambia, which like I said, uh, I was absolutely treated like complete trash for three weeks. And um, I was a shell of the woman that I was, that I went as, um, and certainly that I am now. Um, But I spent quite a bit of time in front of the mirror every morning and evening with tears streaming down my face, telling myself that I loved me, telling myself that I was going to protect myself that I, you know, I would kind of hold my inner child. That's actually another thing as well is along with your internal dialogue, along with how you speak about yourself to yourself. It's also really taking a deep dive into your inner child, learning how to, I would say, be friends with your inner child, how to really connect with your inner child um, for me has been incredibly helpful, um, incredibly useful, incredibly transformative, I would say. Very, very, very transformative. 
And I was really able to look at these kind of parts of me that were a little bit broken, a little bit, you know, and they stemmed all the way back from my childhood. And, you know, really having to dive a little bit deeper and really kind of say, okay, what are you know, what are, what are some of these things? Why do I struggle so much with, you know, um, with these relationships and whatnot? And what I realized was it was a lot of the things that my mother used to say about men. Um, and so I, I really had to talk with my inner child. Um, one of the things that, you know, um, cause I'd like to talk about it in terms of, you know, like what your inner child needs to hear. And my inner child needed to hear that, even that situation in, in Africa, like it's, it wasn't your fault yet. It is our, because, you know, um, adult Allison taking care of uh, child Allison, it is our responsibility to heal it, but I'm not going to let something like that happen to you again. Um, I think another thing that my inner child really needed to hear was you should have been protected. Uh, you should have been protected from the things that your mother said to you. Um, but you also should have been protected from the way that that man treated you. But now I am here to do that because now I have all of this distance, right? I'm detached from the situation. So now I am able to make sure that you're going to be protected because we're never going to let this happen again. Another thing as well was, you know, how people treated you is really a reflection of how they felt about themselves. Uh, Cause even, even that last drive to the airport uh, with the guy in Zambia, uh, he told me on that drive, he said, um, well, you know, I was thinking about just throwing your bags out by the side of the road and you could walk into the, you know, walk down this long road into the airport. Obviously, as you can imagine, even though it is the capital city of Africa or uh, excuse me, of Zambia in Africa, um, it was um, it's, it's fairly like rural in a lot of ways. There's some city, but it's also, it's not like the cities we have here. And, um, but he told me on that drive, he said, um, you know, that I was unstable and that, you know, I deceived him and all these kinds of things. And, and what I really found out was that that was a lot of projection. Um, that was a lot of just, you know, because uh, I had built a, a an over the phone or or text relationship with him for seven months before that, and then to be treated that way, um, I really had to come to the conclusion that there's nothing I could have done differently. Um, this was going to end the way that it was, and this is a reflection of how he feels about himself, because a lot of times, like I also would, I told him multiple times, wait, wait a minute, but when we spoke, you said this other thing, like you're not honoring your word. So here's the thing is that this isn't a man who wants to be with a woman like that. He doesn't want to be with a high quality, high value woman. He wants to be with someone who he can either push around or, you know, mistreat or do all those kinds of things. So he was never going to change. He was never going to step up. There wasn't anything else that I could have done to, you know, really uh, make that relationship any better. 
And he even told me so. And so I think it's also, I think this is why the deep dive into some of our previous relationships are, I think, really, really important, really wonderful. And I also think that, you know, this is really one of the reasons why, you know, there are, there are a lot of men, um, and I think women as well, but like, it's easier for someone to change partners than it is for them to really change not just fundamentally who they are, but to grow, to let go of some of the things that the old stories, the old wounds, right? And so what I have found to be true is that men who change partners, um, you know, because this guy in, in Zambia, I was still flying home through the air 11,000 miles. He didn't check in on me. He didn't do any of that. He had another woman at his house because I had friended or not friended. I'd followed some people on Instagram, you know, trying to get to know his friends, those kinds of things. And this woman was sitting on his lap in his, uh, you know, in his backyard. I was still flying through the air. I hadn't even made it home yet. Less than a day later. Well, a day or two later. And so what I have found is that men, and you can change this out to women as well, men who change partners often are avoiding themselves. Um, They're avoiding the darkness within them. They're avoiding any of the unhappiness, the, the, the stress, the struggle of having to kind of get down and dirty into who they are, the underworld of their own psyche. And what I have found is that, you know, again, this is how people treat you is really a reflection of how they feel about themselves. And there are times when, um, and this is something I learned from T.D. Jakes, um, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and he, he had a whole pod, or not podcast, a, a YouTube video, and he said, let them go. And sometimes you have to. You saw this thing, you had this dream, this vision of the world, but you have to let them go uh, because they aren't good for you and they're not right for you and you know it, but it hurts. And, you know, one of the hard things for me was, especially after the guy in um, Zambia, but also the guy in Chicago was just like, damn it. I don't, I don't want to have to start this process over. I don't want to have to start over in this kind of dating space. And what I had to, I had, again, I had to really shift my mindset. I really had to shift what I thought about myself, what I believed about myself. And I had to shift and say, no, no, this is actually a really good thing. Because again, you were so lonely. Being in the relationship with someone who emotionally neglected you. Who wants that? I don't want that. What I want is that deep connecting partnership. And that man is out there. I may not meet him in this lifetime. I do not know. At the same time, though, I also refuse to settle for anything less than exactly what I'm looking for. Everyone has to make their own choices about what that looks like. But for me, that has become a non-negotiable. And so what I have done instead is I've really changed that mindset of, 
um, well, you know, I just I really don't, I don't want to have to start over. Because with the guy in Chicago, I really felt that I had found my match. Um, and the man that I knew over the phone absolutely was my match. Um, up until the point where we got together, we actually had a wonderful time together. Um, the, about just before Christmas, December of 2020 it was beautiful Chicago. Um, it was not snowing. Um, but just, we had such a wonderful time, but yet then it began to change pulling away, um, not that kind of deep connection or closeness, right? And that's something that avoidance will do. But I had to get into the space after I decided, okay, no, this is done. I don't want this relationship. I really had to get into the headspace of stop seeing dating or stop seeing finding that next person or attracting that next man. Stop seeing that as a chore. Use your singleness Go after the things that you want, build the life that you want and attract an even better person. So, you know, that really helped me shift my mindset as well. Um, because there is somebody who wants to go the distance with you. There's somebody who wants to go the distance with me too. I haven't found that person yet, but I believe that we will. Um, and it also requires us not settling. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, don't go out on a date or don't do those things, but allow people to reveal themselves slowly to you. Uh, this is one of the things that I have found very true for myself is that allowing a man to, to really kind of see those aspects of myself, um, that's very helpful. Um, in fact, one of the things that has really helped me as well in my single space, and you may have heard me talk about this, uh, quite a bit. And if you hear me moving around, that is because I'm grabbing a notebook next to me. Um, uh, don't even worry. Aha, I got my finger on it. I should have brought it up to my desk before I started this podcast episode, but I did not. Um, but one of the really interesting things for me as well, that has really helped me in my single state has been to understand masculine and feminine archetype. Um, I studied from a woman, her name is Aisha Fain's, uh Women Love Power. You can go to her website, um, you know, purchase her courses and those things. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Um, I believe she died of like anaphylaxis or something, like some sort of, um, uh, not chemical response, but um, she, uh, yeah, uh, just... Terrible in so many ways. I would really love to keep uh, learning from her. But one of the things that, you know, I used to do incorrectly in my relationships in the past was I thought every man was okay for me. Now I really understand that there are a few personality types, not that I'm locked into that, but there are a few personality types I particularly like. I particularly like the type five on the Enneagram. Um, I particularly like INFJs. Um, INTJs, INTPs, INFPs. They tend to be some of the people that I get along best with. I, I really connect with in a lot of ways. But also for me, looking at the masculine archetypes, you know, I am a strong lover, um, a strong sage, and a strong mystic. 
And also I would say, although I've transformed my maiden archetype, you know, Persephone, um, that's actually where a lot of my wounds were. Um, I've kind of transformed myself into the sovereign queen of my own life. That really means that there are basically three, um, at least three strong, um, masculine archetypes that I, I'm really attracted to. And one is the, um, messenger, right? So that's Hermes. That's the kind of debonair kind of man. Um, also very self-reflective, which I find interesting. The king man, right? A Zeus. And then also Hades, um, the, the recluse. But I, I talked a little bit about it in a, in a video uh, that I did, that I posted. I think that it's really important and helpful when we know our masculine or feminine archetypes, because then we can kind of really quickly understand what we're looking for in someone else. So the combination of the lover first and then the sage, that is called the sophisticate. And then the lover first and then the um, the mystic is uh, the goddess. Um, according to kind of how Aisha Fain's, um, you know, uh, described them. And this really helped me not only love and, and really kind of devote myself to something in my single nature or my single time. Um, because, you know, the lover, she wants connection and emotional expression and sensuality and passion. And the sage, as well as a bit of the mystic, uh, you know, wants restraint, wisdom, reason, logic. Um, that's the sage. And then the, um, the mystic really wants, you know, kind of that, that deep, um, I would say deep emotional connection when it comes to being one with herself. And it seems like the lover and the sage or the lover and the mystic are complete opposites. So I've had to learn how to reconcile both. How can I be a woman who has both of these kinds of opposing energies, right? Um, the cool sage and the warm lover. And what I found is that they're, although they are opposites, like opposite ends of the spectrum, they're also complementary archetypes. And so they need each other for balance. And I really had to figure out how they work together. And therefore, when you kind of combine the lover and the sage, that's the sophisticate seduction archetype. And then the lover and the mystic is the goddess seduction archetype. But it's really allowed me to learn how to wield um, my femininity, my sensuality, my eroticism, my seduction in a better way. And the right men find that very intriguing and very interesting. And so I've really had to treat the sage as the ally of, of my dominant archetype, which is the lover. And the lover defines what I want most, um, defines my most instinctive behaviors. And, and that was really kind of surrendering and softening into my feminine, realizing that I didn't have to have the hard shield of the sage, and I didn't have to have the hard shield of the mystic. I'm um, kind of emotionally cutting myself off. Um, so, you know, as a dominant lover, I, re I really needed, 
you know, and I really desire connection, emotional expression, vitality, creative expression, and sensuality. So what I've had to do is, you know, because that archetype is very instinctive. So I instinctively want to connect with men, but I really had to use my, my sage and my mystic to not just allow any man to have access to me, to really understand and and use this time of singleness to make, I guess, better choices, um, to really understand myself better, understand what I'm really looking for, like I talked about before. Um, I also think uh, this time of singleness is really important to develop friendships. Um, I've developed several very close uh, female friendships. And actually, more recently, one male friendship. And what I also know is that as a strong, you know, sage and um, mystic, I lead with friendship. So for me personally, I've had to allow a man to slowly discover my layers. Oh, I am a woman with a lot of layers. And being an open book really goes against what you know goes against the the seductive character of my mystic and my sage i'm kind of a bit of a mystery uh people uh, especially i think men when it comes to a woman um, but it could also be a woman when it comes to men i found this also very attractive is you know the the people who are both warm and cool you, you don't know what to do with them and I would say that's that's very true for me. Um, now, the other thing is that there's nothing about me that's rushed. So I also know that, you know, going forward into my next relationship, the right man for me is not going to be the one who tries to push things. The, the right man is going to be the one who finds it incredibly intriguing to, to kind of come across all of my layers to be allowed in, to have the privilege of getting to know me better. And, you know, I, I think that this has really helped me, um, really helped me understand what that next relationship, you know, again, the standards of that next relationship, right? Uh, for me, I also had to really reconcile during my time of singleness being able to enter into an alliance with men, but not compete with them. Um, and what I found, this is just me. Now, again, I'm an INFJ. Um, I'm a type four. Um, I'm, you know, I, I've also got this strong sage, the strong um, mystic archetypes. Um, most men are totally intimidated by successful, smart, captivating women like me, maybe like you. And they will often try to compete with me, um, even if it's just verbally, right? Some verbal judo, you know, around like, oh, well, I make this or I drive this or those kinds of things. And those conversations, number one, bore me. Um, but number two, when a man is, I have found, is when he's really trying to compete with me, control me, knock me down, or really make me feel small. He does so because it's easier for him to deal with me. 
for his ego to not be bruised, right? But that is not a man who's looking for an equal. That is not a man who, you know, um, really loves himself uh, more than just, you know, hasn't done his inner work. That's a wounded man. That's either the distorted masculine or the wounded masculine. Either, you know, he's he's really intimidated, right? And so that's very much that that kind of wounded, uh, you know, wounded masculine. That's the man who, um, you know, wants to be controlled or directed or managed by the feminine. You know, he's that's the man who's searching for a partner who will play the role of, of his mother. Well, that's not me, right? Um, that's the man who places his needs and desires last all the time, sacrificing everything, including his purpose for the feminine. Because he thinks that this is the only way, you know, being in complete service to the feminine, it's the only way that he can really keep a woman in his life. So that man isn't interesting to me. Um, I'm not... Like, I don't connect well with that. I, I don't want a man to give up his purpose. I like a man who is driven towards his own purpose. But in contrast, you know, the man who tries to knock me down, control me, make me feel small, right? That's the distorted masculine. That's the masculine who wants to dominate over the feminine. You know, this is the man who really prefers or or needs a power imbalance or distance in relationships, right? Geographical distance, emotional distance. Um, you know, this is the man who likes to be substantially wealthier. Control. Uh, likes the feminine to be younger or less mature or lacking any ambition, direction, um, you know, self-worth in herself. She's the woman who needs to be saved. And this is the man who will always place his needs and desires before or above the feminines or anyone else's. And in my opinion, that was the guy in Chicago for the most part. He talked a really good game, but he was always putting himself first. And so for me, both of those kinds of men, you know, ditch those men. <laughs> they're They're not right. They're not the right men for me. And I can't tell you how much more enjoyable the my experience has been, how much more enjoyable my, my singleness has been when I can tell, oh, yeah, no, that's not the right man for me. But I know what one is now. Um, I also know that, you know, the, the man or men who don't value the creative or intellectual gifts that I bring to the relationship, those aren't the men for me either. I need a man who sees me, who values me, and who regards himself as my equal. I am his equal, right? There's no putting down or, or putting on a pedestal. And I will say that that is, like I said uh, just a minute ago, that that's made my time single much more enjoyable because I know what I'm looking for. To me, the outside aesthetic, you know, I, I can, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of men that I can be physically attracted to, but it's because I'm also mentally and emotionally attracted to them. I feel safe with them. 
We are, I, I know that they are my equal. I am their equal. I know that there are these deeper kinds of things that are, that are going on, that are, that are happening, that make me want to be with them. So it's much easier for me to also, what would I say? It's, it's also much easier for me to also let go of any relationships that I know I'm just trying to talk myself into, or I'm trying to make fit in my life. So again, these are some of the things that I would consider. Um, see this time of singleness as deeply rewarding. Um, frankly, a deep blessing. Learn how to love you. Because in my personal opinion, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, one of the sexiest things about somebody is somebody who loves their life and is authentically confident in who they are. They are authentic. They know who they are. They've been through some hard things. They've worked on some of their healing. Um, you know, they, they're aware, right? They've moved into the state of the, the awakened masculine or feminine. Uh, they're moving towards that divine masculine or feminine because they're very focused on their purpose. Yet also be with someone who is willing to open up slowly but surely. And enjoy your single time. Um, enjoy getting to know yourself better. Enjoy getting to do some of the things that you want to do. Continue to grow and improve, uh, heal and change your life. And for me personally, uh, live, live with love. Um, I have had to work quite hard actually to let go of a lot of the shields, the shells that I would wear as armor. And that allows me to be very open for the next man that comes along. Um, because I know that I'm still going to be fairly terrified. Uh, okay. All right. Let's do this. But I also know that I can't be holding on to those old things from the past, old stories, um, old wounds, old trauma, um, toxic relationships from the past, because I want to be able to say to my future person, yeah, okay. I'm terrified of doing this, but I'm all in. Um, I very much believe that you can't have the relationship that you're looking for unless you do go all in. So those are just some of my thoughts when it comes to um, really enjoying this time of singleness. And um, I hope that this was helpful for you. Um, if you are interested in doing some of your healing work, um, I have a members club. I have a community of women at this time. Um, I have been asked by several men if I will create one for men, and maybe I will. Uh, if there's enough, if there's enough men who are interested, I uh, will create a members club for you guys as well. Um, but uh, basically, it is a community of women who believe that we are our own best self-healers. And so each month, we uh, I create a masterclass or a self-healing topic. Um, I actually just did the videoing for June because obviously this is uh, May. This episode won't come out until June. Um, but I did um, the fear of commitment. Um, you know, we're going to dive deep into that, really take a look at, gosh, are, are there some, are there some things here that I, I'm kind of fearful of? right? This fear of commitment, 
uh, getting into a relationship, again, looking at healing childhood wounds, looking at um, really uh, healing from toxic relationships, those kinds of things. Um, but I have an entire year's worth of masterclasses for you to go back through. Um, you can also talk, uh, message the other women in the members club. Um, I do a live Q and a once a month so that you guys can, you know, ask your deep questions and whatnot. It is a subscription. And so, uh, I charge $29 a month for our members club. If you are looking to sign up, you can go to Instagram. I am at Create Love Freedom. Click on the link in our bio and then click on Members Club. And it'll take you right there to sign up and uh, join uh, the Members Club. And uh, you'll be able to download the Mighty Networks app. So you can take it with you wherever you want, plug in your little headphones, watch the multiple videos I have for each of the masterclass topics. And then also, um, you know, uh, you know, print out a workbook if you would, if you feel so inclined. And then the other a couple of things that I have coming up for you, um, I actually am going to be releasing a really wonderful episode. Um, I have a couple of guests that have been on. And so um, look forward to those uh, conversations that I've had with uh, two different guests. And I have a new quiz coming out. Um, again, it is mostly for women, but uh, it's really where are you in your feminine growth process? You heard me talk a little bit about the wounded, the distorted, the awakened, and the divine, masculine or feminine. Obviously, for women, we're going to look at the feminine. Um, but then I'm also going to be offering a a course in the future to really, you know, if you are in a wounded or distorted space, uh, what those wounds look like. We're going to go through each one of those things on how to heal. And then how to really move yourself into that awakened state. And if you're the awakened feminine at this point, but you really want to move into your divine state, uh, you know, moving forward in your purpose, those kinds of things, we're going to look at that. And then for, you know, women who are in their divine feminine, um, look, looking at, you know, sharing your purpose with the world. Um, and then also really calling in um, the and attracting the the relationship that you're looking for, uh, really creating the life that you're looking for. So do pay attention to that. If you want to reach out to me, if you want to share your story with me, you can email me. Uh, my email is createlovefreedom at gmail.com. Um, I love hearing from you guys. I hear from you all the time. I am uh, just constantly shocked at the outpouring of love and people sending me either direct messages on Instagram or sending me, um, you know, emails. Um, I love hearing your story. I love hearing about, um, you know, where you are in life and, and what you're doing and how you're working on stuff and how you're healing. So uh, please reach out to me there. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Until next time.